This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Well, in our increasingly culturally diverse country, English is a second language to many. So what happens when the need arises to provide interpretation services, perhaps at a court proceeding or an important meeting? Interpreting New Zealand is a not-for-profit agency providing access to effective communication for speakers of languages other than English. And on the line to tell us more about that now is Robin Pask. Thank you for joining us, Robin. Good to have you with us. Hi, Jeff. You're welcome. Let's start with an, a clarification, probably quite an important one. What's the difference between interpreting and translation? Yeah, that's a very good question to ask up front. Interpreting we usually refer to as being only oral. So in other words, when two people are meeting to speak, the interpreter speaks the message that one person speaks into the other language. For translation... It's written, but of course the two get intermingled quite a lot. But for our purposes, interpreting is oral, translation is written. So who do you provide interpreting services for? Pretty much anybody for anything really, but in general when we're providing interpreters, it's because a non-English speaker is in a situation which is a bit trickier than your average uh, day-to-day life. So for example, we provide interpreting to the police, to hospitals, to medical centres, to courts, uh, to lawyers, um, to child youth and family. So a wide range really depending on the situation. And how is that connection to your service usually made? It's usually made by the English speaking agency. Um, otherwise we'd have to have someone on board in every language to talk to anyone who rang up and didn't speak English. And so the agency phones us, and in fact they're the ones who pay for the service um, because we're not funded by government, um, and so we charge fees for our service and put that back into our training and interpreter provision. So how many languages are you currently able to provide services in? It's between 70 and 75, and I sound vague because sometimes people leave and we have to replace them and we might have a whole. So it's easier to stay relatively vague, but between 70 and 75. I imagine, Robin, one of your challenges is to maintain interpreting services uh, right across Aotearoa. What's the position with that at the moment? We have phone interpreting, video interpreting and face-to-face. And so anyone can phone us and get an interpreter either right now or book an interpreter for later. So um, it's always available via the phone. Video is a little bit harder because we have to organise connections. As you'll imagine, it's not quite so simple as just dialing it up instantly. Face-to-face, we have the bulk of our interpreters in Wellington, quite a few in Christchurch, a number in Auckland, and now five in Dunedin. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, Robin. Mm. The skill of, uh, of an interpreter, it's not just about being fluent in two languages, is it? No, unfortunately, although people who don't speak two languages might think so. And that's one of the um, things that we have to educate people about, really, because language proficiency in language is utterly vital, but it's not enough. You have to be able to hear a message, understand it perfectly clearly, including all of its intent and emotions, be able to decode and encode and de- decode and encode in your head and then spit it out in, ex- in another language with the same intent, same meaning, with nothing left out. And you have to do that all in the space of a few seconds, really. So it's not 
a job for the faint-hearted because you really need to train your brain to be able to do this accurately. I imagine particularly so in some of these formal settings we've been talking about, court proceedings for example, dealing with a government department, perhaps a medical service. Indeed, and so we, when we train interpreters, we give them the tools for starting to build up a glossary of terminology. Now, of course, some people come to us with um, good educations in either legal or medical settings. That's great, but others have don't have that background, and so they need to be building their knowledge really all of the time they're interpreting. It's also why we are adamant that once trained, interpreters continue to do professional development, continue to build their knowledge, and so we provide that and insist that people who are working with us do that professional development. I imagine that uh, for a lot of migrants uh, to New Zealand, they feel very comfortable or most comfortable with their family members, perhaps with their friends. They trust them. They want to take them into these kind of environments and, and, and ask them to act as an interpreter. What do you say about that? We discourage it and we, we absolutely acknowledge the need for support. Everybody needs some support. The, the problems arise with a family member when that family member may not have the detailed and necessary terminology to handle the situation that the migrant is in or they may not have the emotional capability to deal with it when their loved one is in a difficult situation and they have to perhaps pass on bad news. And then if it's a child, think about the risks you're putting that child at from a um, psychological perspective. So there's a whole host of reasons why we discourage family members from doing it, aside from the fact that most of them have not been trained and so therefore don't know about making sure that everything is fully and accurately transferred between both parties. What activities are providing the highest demand, the bread and butter, if you like, of interpreting New Zealand services? At the, and for a long time and at the moment, it is health. Um, and so that's through the um, both medical centres and hospitals uh, because I guess that's the thing that most often people are accessing and the most they need help because when you suddenly get into a tricky medical situation, you're... Use of English suddenly departs the scene. In other words, you need to be calling on your own language to be able to describe things fully so that you know that you're going to be able to talk through your symptoms in a, in a sensible and accurate fashion. Robin, our population is growing ever more diverse. Presumably, you have an ongoing need to recruit and retain interpreters. We do, and um, so we've been doing this in Wellington since 1993 and in Christchurch since 2008, and then in Dunedin we started this year at, after Red Cross um, and the Dunedin community agreed to host uh, re or resettle refugees, the first set of refugees in Dunedin, and so we came down to do our first ever training course in Dunedin with the intention of making face-to-face -face interpreters, trained ones, available to organisations there, as well as ones on the phone. Um, some of the organisations, such as the hospital and um, some the court, the police, have a list of people who they use, but they are not usually trained. And so what we're trying to do is say, look at the training, think about how much better and more accurate and more less worrying you're going to have your uh, interactions if you know for sure that this person can really truly do this job well. So currently in Dunedin you're looking for people who are interested in considering taking up this role? 
We will be probably early next year, but if anyone is interested, I mean, obviously at the moment with the Syrian settlement, we've got um, two Arabic speakers now who are based in Dunedin, um, but there are, will be other languages over time. We will consider any language at this point, but we don't usually train unless we can see that there's a way that we're going to use those people, because otherwise they just sit there waiting for something to happen and it doesn't. Um, so if anyone is interested in training, they can go to our website, which is www interpret.org.nz you can see there uh, there's a whole section on becoming an interpreter and an online application form. We're happy to receive applications any time during the year we have not yet decided on our next training dates but people are welcome to apply in any case. Robin Pask from Interpreting New Zealand, thank you so much for joining us on the awesome morning show on Otago Access Radio this morning. Thank you Jeff. pleasure to talk to you. This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.